Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. This morning, amen. Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse number 13. I'm going to read a few verses of scripture here. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus which was from Jerusalem, about three score uh, furlongs. So it was about five to seven miles. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they uh, communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself, everybody say Jesus himself. Say it again, Jesus himself drew near and went with them but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Amen. They, he was with them, but they couldn't even recognize him. Amen. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? In other words, he said, Why are you pouting for why, why are you uh, sniveling and slobbering and acting depressed? Then he said in verse uh, 25, amen, when they begin to realize who it was that was with them, amen, in verse 25, he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. Verse 32, and they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened unto us the scriptures. Amen. All of a sudden, their eyes were open and as soon as they realized who it was, he vanished from their midst and they said, didn't our hearts burn within us? But by the time they realized who he was, he was already gone. Amen. And we're not talking about people that, that had heard about Jesus. We're not talking about people that, that knew about him through a personal friend. We're talking about people that walked with Jesus for a substantial amount of time before the crucifixion. And, and verse 31 says, their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way, while he opened to us the scriptures. Amen. I want to preach to you for a little while here this morning with the help of the Lord. And I know we got a waking anticipation building. And I pray this message will just catapult us into a mindset for the awakening conference and what God wants to do. I want to preach to you on the fourth dimension of Jesus, the fourth dimension of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together right now. Jesus, I thank you for your word because in that word there is life, there is hope, 
There is healing and there is strength. Lord Jesus, I pray today, would you speak to every heart and to every person? Would you open our understanding, oh God? Would you speak to us, Lord, in a manner, oh God, that we would know you more than when we walked in this place this morning? God, I pray that if there is more for my life that I do not currently have that you wish to give, Lord, I pray that you would give it today. Speak it into our life. Transform us by your word and Jesus' name we pray, and the church said amen. And would you just clap your hands to the Lord again this morning? Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated, and as you're seated, look at somebody and say, I want to know the fourth dimension of Jesus. Amen. We're going to talk about this morning the four dimensions of Jesus. I, I submit to you here this morning that I don't believe there is anyone in this room that knows everything there is to know about Jesus. I'm still searching that I can know him better than I did just yesterday. That's, that's the, my life's goal and ambition is, yes, I want to be a good husband and I want to be a good father and I want to be a good pastor. I want to be all of these things. But more than anything, I want to know God. I want to know Jesus. I want to know the truth of God's word this morning. Amen. There, uh, one, one theologian said in the 1800s, and you've heard me quote this many times, he said, if you know everything there is to know about your God, then he is not big enough. Now, we know that there are some things in God that are unknowable. The Bible tells us that his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts as far as the heavens is from the earth. So are his ways above. There are some things about God that are simply unknowable. But there is a lot about God that is knowable that he wants us to know. And he's not hiding it from us because he doesn't want us to know it, but rather he is withholding it for those that will diligently seek after the Lord. Somebody say, seek after the Lord. Amen. His love is knowable to all, but those dimensions of his love uh, that you only begin to understand and see those the deeper that you go in seeking after the Lord. In other words, you're not going to understand the breadth and the width and the depth and the height of God's love and power for your life on the first encounter with him. He never revealed himself like that to anyone, but rather he chose to withhold portions of himself for those that were willing, as Jesus said, knock and it shall be open. Seek and you shall find. There is a, there is a precedent that Jesus is setting that he wants you to know that he cares about you and he wants you to know him, but there is going to have to be some level of commitment on my end that says if I am to know him more, if I am to know him better, then I must learn to seek 
after him. Amen. And once I know him in one dimension, I want to know him in another dimension. Let, let me break it down like this. Amen. For those that have been blessed to experience salvation, if you've lived for God any length of time uh, past the altar of repentance and the confession of sin and the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, hopefully you did not stop right there, but you wanted to know more about Jesus than just that. How many here this morning can say, I know Jesus as my Savior for he has saved me. Amen. Amen. I know him as my, I'm so glad that I'm saved, but even after I'm saved, I start knowing more about the love of God by understanding what he did for my sin and taking it away. Not only do I understand that he is my Savior, but I understand that he is my Redeemer. He redeemed me. He purchased my salvation with his own blood. I only understood that in a very elementary way, in a very simple way. But once I got saved, I started finding out there's a whole lot more to Jesus than just the altar of salvation. Amen. I began to find out, uh, and the only way I could find out, I had read about it, I had heard about it, I had seen it happen in other people's lives, but for myself, I had not seen that. And that was, I knew him to be a healer of my body and in my life. So he was my savior in one dimension, but then I understand him greater in another dimension when I begin to know him in, in other arenas. This is the foundation I'm wanting to set uh, for this message today. In other words, don't be satisfied with where you are in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. Any step toward God is a step in the right direction. Any understanding of God uh, that brings you toward him is a good understanding. So I'm telling you this morning, you've got to have a hunger in your heart that says, I want to know more about Jesus. I want to more, know more about his ways. I want to know more about his presence and his power. I'm glad my sins are forgiven. I'm glad I've went into the waters of the baptism, baptismal tank, but I want to know more about Jesus. Amen. Everybody, everybody thinks they know everything and, and TikTok theologians are a dime a dozen and you get on social media and you've got self-anointed, self-ordained, self-proclaimed uh, preachers that are going to tell you, amen, not what you need to hear to know Jesus, but what they want you to hear to know Jesus in their version. I, I don't want a man's version of Jesus. I, I don't want I, I don't want anybody else's version. I want the Bible. I want the, what the word of God says about him. I want to know him in his fullness. I, I want to know him in his fullness. I want to know him in his fullness. If he's a healer, I want him to heal me. If he's a deliverer, I want him to deliver me. If he's a savior, I want him to save me. If he's a redeemer, I want him to redeem me. If he is a seeker after those that are lost, I want him to seek my family. I want him to seek the people on my job. I want 
If he's a way maker, I need him to make a way for me. Not for you, but for me. I'm glad for what he's done in your life, but I want to know him for myself. Well, I want him to make a way where there seems to be no way. When the doctor says stage four and there's nothing we can do with this cancer, I want Jesus to show up on the scene and do for me what he did for grandma or grandpa or somebody. I understand your dimension of Jesus, but I want to know him for myself. Somebody say amen. And, and, and so I, I, I'm preaching about the four dimensions of Jesus this morning. Now certainly there could be more, amen, and if you're preaching, you can preach on the 50 dimensions of Jesus. But I want to pre what is, preach what is theologically understood and what is biblically sound and what is apologetically uh, harmonizing with the word of God that proves the four basic dimensions of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now a dimension is a different arena. Amen. There there is a dimension of, of light, and that's what we have here. This, this is light. Now, there are varying uh, degrees of light in the dimension of light. You, you following this? There are varying degrees of light in the dimension of light. There is just enough light to see. Uh, there is enough light to function. And then there is a dimension of light that will blind you. Does that make sense? The sun is one dimension of light. It is the extreme dimension of light. Uh, that's why you don't look into the sun. It, it will blind you. Amen. But, but the moon is a reflection of the light of the sun. The, the moon has no power within itself to give light during the darkness. It only reflects what the sun has given it. I love a full moon night. I know they say people go crazy on full moon nights. I don't necessarily believe that, but but I love a full moon night. I, I grew up and on full moon nights we'd get out in our in our trucks and we'd turn the headlights off and we'd drive down the road because it was cool at at you know eleven or midnight that the moon was so bright. Uh, how many's ever seen a moon that bright that you could see the road? Uh, maybe not as clearly as you could at noon, but you could see it enough, amen, to function and because it is reflecting the light of its source. And so, in the dimension of light, there are dimension, there are degrees of light. There is the light where I can barely function, and there is the light that if I get too extreme it could blind me or it could ultimately take my life amen if I in the sun too much amen especially uh, somebody like me that that uh, is uh, melanin challenged I can get I can get all kinds of skin cancer and melanoma cancers and all of this but if I learn to balance out the degree of light I can learn to live within that dimension and even function throughout different degrees of that so what I, I use that example to say that when I'm talking about the four dimensions of Jesus I am speaking about each dimension in its generality I'm not going to get into the specificity of every degree within that dimension but rather I want to preach about that dimension in a snapshot or in a whole amen and so to understand the first degree of Jesus Christ it is a season to which we are about to step into it's one of my favorite times of the year you understand the first dimension of Jesus Christ is understanding his birth, that he is God made manifest in the flesh. That's Somebody said that's the first dimension. 
to understand the first. Now, listen, if you don't get the first dimension, uh, you do not pass go. You do not collect $500. Uh, you, you just go right back to Pennsylvania Avenue on the Monopoly board, and you stay there till you get the next dimension. So the first level of this dimension of Jesus that you've got to get is that Jesus was not just a good man born into the world. He was not just a rabbi or a teacher, but to understand the first dimension of Christ, which will help propel you through the next three dimensions, is you must understand that Jesus Christ is God revealed to us in the world. Amen. And and, and it really doesn't matter what, what, what people say about it. It only matters what God says about it. Amen. I still believe that Jesus Christ was born from a virgin in Bethlehem's manger. I still believe that the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary and she conceived that which was of the Holy Ghost and she gave birth uh, to a son and his name was called Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, for he shall take away the sins of the world. Praise God. I'm glad I know that first dimension of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because John said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting light. life. The first dimension you got to understand is that Jesus is the gift of God to the world to redeem us from our sin, to set us free from our sin, to set us free from the chains of death. Amen. In the bondage of the sin nature that we're born with. You got to get the first dimension of Jesus Christ. Amen. That he is the Savior that has come into the world. Amen. He is God revealed to us. Colossians says he's the image of the invisible God. Hebrews says he's the expressed image of the invisible God. In 1 Timothy it says that God was in Christ. Amen. Colossians 1 says God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. 1 Timothy 3.16 says and without controversy, without debate, great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifest as the first dimension. You got to believe that Jesus Christ is both God and man. You must believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I'm glad I'm preaching to a house filled with people that believe what I'm saying this morning, that Jesus Christ is not a religious figure, that Jesus Christ is not some form that is fashioned on a crucifix, but Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, that Jesus Christ is God revealed into the world. It's the first dimension of Jesus. Somebody shout, that's the first dimension. And I'm so glad for that first dimension. Without the first dimension, we don't get the second dimension. I'm glad for the first dimension. Somebody shout the first dimension. We're about to step into Christmas season and remember, amen, the gifts, the trees, the lights, the holiday, the sleigh bells ringing, aren't you listening, and snowmen and Jack Frost nipping at your nose, all of that stuff is fine. But what you better really get a hold of is that we celebrate the reason for the season is that God himself came down in flesh that he might redeem fallen mankind like me. And the greatest gift ever to the world was not put under a tree, but it was nailed to a tree and it's the first dimension that God loved us enough amen that he came down to robe himself in flesh like mine and yours that he would give his life for us 
Somebody shout the first dimension. Look at somebody and ask them, do you believe that dimension? One of these, one of the polls was released by the Barna Group, and it said that that somewhere around 42% of Christians today in America do not believe in the virgin birth of Christ. That tells me 40% of church-going Americans are not Christian, and they do not believe the Word of God. I still believe the Word. Say, so, well, Pastor, how can it be? I, I, you're asking the same question Mary asked. How can it be? Since I don't know a man, Amen. But God worked it out in a super natural way. What had been prophesied for thousands of years before his coming was revealed in the swollen belly of a teenage girl by the name of Mary. And when Jesus was born into this earth, he was not born as another religious figure like Buddha. Not born like another philosopher like Hare Krishna. Not born like another religion of the Hindu gods or or of Muhammad of Islam. But Jesus Christ came a man that he might give life and give it more abundantly and it had to come through the first dimension that he was born of a woman I I don't got much more time to stay on this first dimension, amen, but to say that what separates Jesus from any other religious figure is not his life for they all lived. It's not their death because they all died. But what separates Jesus from Buddha, Hare Krishna, Confucius, Mohammed, Joseph Smith, what separates them is they all lived, they all died, but only one got up out of the grave and only one is still alive today. And that's the revelate the revelation of the first dimension is that my God was born of a virgin into this earth that he might redeem us. Oh, somebody clap your hands to the Lord and shout, I believe it. That's the first dimension. Somebody say the first dimension. Amen. Now we're not going to talk about the varying degrees of that. That's just the snapshot of it or, or, or the Reader's Digest version. How many knows what a Reader's Digest version is? How many is old enough to know what a Reader's Digest is? Hey Amen. That's when they would write a book and Reader's Digest would get the book and they would condense the book really short. They'd take a 20-chapter book and turn it into three chapters so that you would get the point. That, that's the Reader's Digest. I'm condensing several thousand years into those few moments. Now, if you don't believe that, just hang out there a little while. We're going to climb up into the second dimension. Now, it, it's, not just, it's not just like one floor up. It, it, it is quantum leaps above. It, it, it is the difference between, between a worm and a human. It, it's a diff- it, it, is, it is an incredible leap from the first dimension to the second dimension. Uh, how many here would like to go into the second dimension of Jesus today? Because we have now his birth. But, but he didn't stay a baby. I'm really glad of that, although it's been kind of cool. But we climb up into the second dimension through which only faith, faith, somebody say faith, faith is the elevator that transports us. An elevator was probably in an accurate description. It would be more like a, a rocket ship that would take us 
from this plateau and into another ionosphere or stratosphere up into the universe. So faith is what's going to get us from dimension one to dimension two. Matter of fact, you can't even get dimension one without faith for you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, so now we're jumping in, amen, uh, uh, to the rocket ship and we're going to the second dimension. The first dimension, dimension is his birth. And the second dimension is not to be confused with a varying degree of the first dimension for the second dimension is the life of Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't confuse it. It's not the same as his birth. His birth was the declaration. His birth was the fulfilling. His birth was the revelation that God loved us enough to give his only begotten son, that is, that Jesus Christ would be God revealed to us in the earth. That's the first dimension. The second dimension is the life of Jesus Christ. Because thank God he didn't die in the crib. Herod tried to. Herod sought after him. He wanted to kill him and take his life when he was a baby. Amen. It says uh, Matthew and Luke and, and John that he sought after him to kill him in the first uh, a few years of the young life of Jesus. Amen. But he didn't. He grew up. Everybody say he grew up. Amen. And so now we see the second dimension of Jesus is the life, the ministry of Jesus Christ that takes us, amen, that takes us from the pediatrics of understanding God, that is the childish, the, the immature, the, the, uh, the unlearned, the, the not revealed. We understand that in the basic, but now we have to go from the pediatrics of understanding in the first dimension to the adolescence or the adulthood of Jesus Christ which is the ministry of Jesus Christ because if you believe that Jesus came to this earth through a virgin birth then now he's going to validate his birth he's going to validate his birth in the second dimension look at somebody and say the second dimension this is so important. He now validates it by going into the second dimension. In the second dimension of Christ, we see that somewhat we get a flash of it. Uh, uh, we, we get a sneak peek into it when he's about 12 years of age and his mother and father lost him for a few days. Now, you know, if that were today, they'd call CPS on him. And, and quite honestly, rightfully so, amen, to just lose. I mean, how are you going to lose your kid? Now, let, let, let's just be honest. Well, how are you going to lose your kid? And this ain't any kid. I mean, this ain't just any child. This ain't, you know, this ain't, just any, this ain't the little rascals. This ain't the Brady Bunch. The, you know, this ain't Bebe's kids. I mean, this, this, is, this is the son of the living God. And you lost him for three days? You know who he is. You know who he is. He's God manifest in the flesh. And you lose him for three days and we get a, we get a glimpse, we get just a flash of, of that second dimension when they find him. He's in the temple and he is confounding the scribes and the most religious people, the most intellectual uh, uh, group of people at that time. And he's in there and he's telling them what's up and, and he's telling them, uh, you know, how the, what we would say back home is how the cow ate the cabbage. Good luck with that one, Brother Roberto. Amen. He always finds a way to translate it. Amen. That, that, that gives them the lowdown, the 411. You, you get a snapshot of it. But, just, but Sister Michael, it's just a brief, 
It's only four seconds, for a fleeting glimpse. It's almost like seeing an apparition. It's almost like a, 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 the most quick insight cine, uh, cinematic trailer before the release. Amen. You, you just get a flash of it when he's in the temple and he's confounding the religious people who had been jacking everything up for a few hundred years. Amen. He's in there messing with their mind. and All of a sudden, he, he's 12 years old and we see this one event and boom, he's gone again. And the next thing we see, amen, he is about 30 years of age and he's at a wedding in Canaan and, and Jesus didn't really open this door as much as the same God who used his mother to bring him in was the same God that used his mother to unlock the door to the second dimension of Jesus Christ when at a wedding in Canaan boy I feel the Holy Ghost right now when at a wedding in Canaan mama looks at Jesus and says we're out of wine and the response of Jesus is woman what do you want me to do now first of all he must have been a man of faith because if I'd ever called my mother woman I, I probably wouldn't look like I look right now. Not, not that it's a great look, but I'm telling you, my nose would probably be over here and my teeth would probably be somewhere over here. And he looked at her and he said, he said, woman, what do I have to do with this? And she didn't even address that. She just turned, you see, sometimes mama does know best. I said, sometimes mama does know best. And mama didn't even address him. See, mama just reached up and she jumped in the rocket and she said, I'm ready to go from the first dimension to the second dimension. And her faith ignited the fuel, amen, that, that launched them into the second dimension of Jesus Christ. When she turns to the servants and she begins to say, whatever he says, do, do it. They didn't have a conversation. They didn't go in the corner and huddle up about ministry tactics and strategy and other words Jesus told his mother my time's not yet we're not ready to go to the second dimension we're not ready to go and mama said I'm going to play with matches and blow this thing up and we're going into another dimension he, she turned to the servants and says whatever he says do you do it and the next thing we hear Jesus say is he tells them I want you to go get the water pots and not the wine vessels I want you to get the water pots and I want you to fill it up with water oh hallelujah and the Bible says the servants did exactly what he said and a miracle came. Here is a news flash for the first degree of the second dimension. If you want a miracle in your life, you got to do what Jesus says do and it doesn't matter how crazy it sounds. It doesn't matter how wild it is. You just got to do whatever I know it sounds crazy to go wash in the pool. I know it sounds crazy, amen, to dip seven times in a river. I know it sounds crazy to spit in dirt and make mud and rub it in a guy's eyes. But whatever Jesus says do, if you'll do it, you'll experience the second dimension. How many want to experience that second dimension of Jesus? I want you to turn around and take somebody by the hand and I want you to just agree with them right now. We're going to experience the second dimension. Come on, say it and agree with them in faith. We're going to experience the second dimension. Amen, amen. Somebody say the second dimension. Now we understand the second dimension is the life of Jesus Christ. It's the ministry of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen, because Jesus didn't come to philosophize. 
Jesus didn't come to just debate. Jesus came, as he declared in the temple, to open blinded eyes, to liberate those who were bruised. Oh, hallelujah. He came to do work. And the second dimension of Jesus, you must understand, is his ministry and his life and those things that can flow into your life by believing in Jesus Christ. I don't want to downplay the second dimension, amen. Uh, uh, don't, don't let the fact that I don't stay on this for 20 minutes downplay or degrade its importance. But you've got to, we preach a lot about the second dimension, which is why I'm not going to stay on it too long. But you've got to understand that if you have a problem, Jesus can solve it. And the second dimension of Jesus is for you to know him for yourself as a healer, as a deliverer, amen, as a resurrector, as a giver of life and life more abundantly. If you want to know who Jesus is, Jesus is not an oppressor. Jesus is not a philosophy major, but Jesus is the king of glory in flesh that came to seek and save that which was lost. I've come to preach to you this morning in Woodland. If you need a healing in your body, the second dimension of Jesus can bring healing into your life. Come on, if you need peace in your mind, the second dimension will bring peace into your mind and into your life. second dimension of Jesus is revealing to us that he can meet any need in our life no matter how dramatic no matter how dramatic it is if it's turning water into wine he can do that amen if it's walking on the water he can do that also the second dimension of Christ shows us that no matter what hell or humanity brings towards you your God is able to deliver you and bring you out Ask the ten lepers if he can't cleanse you with a word. Ask the centurion if he can't just but speak and life and healing flow. Why don't you ask Lazarus if you can be dead for four days. He'll call you up out of a graveyard. I've come to tell somebody this morning, you're, a, you're in an apostolic church today. We don't just believe in good singing and good music and good dancing and, 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 and uh, emotional worship, but we believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. In my name, they shall cast out demons. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm preaching to somebody right now about the second dimension. You can get healed right now before an altar service happens. You can get healed while I'm preaching right now. You can have cancer disappear right now. Headaches can disappear right now. Back problems can be healed right now. And we believe in the second dimension. Jesus is a healer. Come on, somebody praise him like he's healed you before. Come on, praise him like he's healed you before. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Oh, he's healed my body. I ain't got time to tell it. Amen. But if I had 10,000 tongues and I had 10,000 years, I still couldn't be able to tell you all the things that he's done in my life. Amen. He's healed some folks in this place. Amen. He's healed us from sickness. He's healed us from disease. Amen. But he did more than that. Amen. He healed the sin issue in us. Amen. Like the woman caught in the act of adultery, the law said I must die, but Jesus intervened. Jesus stepped in in that second dimension and said, the law wants to destroy you, but the grace of God wants to redeem you. It's the second dimension of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for that second dimension because I've seen him work mightily in that second dimension. And he can do that here today. I said he can do that here today. If you have sickness in your body, I just believe in God enough that he can heal you before you leave today. We got people standing in this room right now, sitting in this room right now, that God has physically healed them before. And it wasn't that God healed them after the second week of their antibiotics. It was God healed them before they filled the prescription. It was God healed them before they could go to the doctor. As a matter of fact, if God has ever healed you, I want you to just jump out of your seat right now and lift your hand and say, he's healed me. He's healed. Doctor couldn't fix it. The doctor couldn't heal it. Medicine, they tried and it didn't work, but Jesus showed up right on time. I want you to know you're in a house that believes in the second dimension of Jesus Christ. We believe in healing power. We believe in the miraculous of Jesus. And if you've got enough faith, we believe he'll do it for you to... You ought to reach over and grab somebody by the hand and say, in Jesus' name, be healed. In Jesus' name, be healed. He can heal you right now. You got a blood disorder, he can heal you right now. Hey, man, you got a liver disorder, he can heal you right now. And that's the second dimension. Somebody shout the second dimension. That's the second dimension of Jesus. Now, now I want to move on from it because... We got to we got to jump in the rocket ship of faith, and and we now got to go. We got to go to the third dimension. How many wants to go to the third dimension of Jesus? Amen. Now, now again, there's varying degrees of the second dimension as it was with the first. But we're going to jump, and and because we ain't got a lot of time, we are going to hit the afterburners of faith, and it's going to it's going to rocket us into the third dimension. The first dimension was his birth. And the second dimension is his life and his ministry. And the third dimension must be revealed in a way that a lot of people don't get excited about. The third dimension begins to be revealed to us. And the curtain of the third dimension begins to be opened in the Garden of Gethsemane. Because the first dimension is his birth. The second dimension is his life. The third dimension is his death. Amen. Now don't, don't go in funeral mode on me. Because we don't boohoo about the death of Christ around here. And we ain't got nothing to grieve over. Because he ain't dead. But, but you can't understand 
Look, you can't understand life unless you understand birth. And you can't understand birth and life unless you understand death. And, and let's be clear. The Romans and the Jews did not kill him. They did not take his life. He laid down his life. They couldn't take anything from him that he was not willing to give them. Because if they could take something from him against his will, then he really wouldn't be much of a God, would he? But that's why he said, you don't take my life, I lay it down. That's why the prophet says he was led like a lamb to the slaughter as a shear, uh, as a sheep before his shears was he dumb so that he opened not his mouth. Uh, in other words, he could have called down ten thousands of angels. Uh, he could have emptied out the portals of glory with every archangel, a man with every seraphim and cherubim. Uh, he could have emptied out the glories of heaven uh, with the supernatural to come down uh, and annihilate humanity and fashion that even our human minds could never fathom. Amen. But it wasn't that. It was the fact that he loved us enough that he went into the third dimension. It was the love of God that took him in the first dimension. It was the love of God that had him in the second dimension. And as the old song says, it wasn't the nails that held him to the cross, but it was a love that held him to the cross. He could have got down any time he wanted. He could have leapt off of that cross any moment that he wanted to, but he realized if I'm going to take away the sin of the world, it's going to take a blood sacrifice. And so he who knew no sin jumped into the third dimension and he became sin for you and for me. Now, now I know for some reason we don't we don't get as excited about the third dimension. But I'm going to tell you the third dimension is, is relevant to what I'm saying today. Matter of fact, the third dimension is relevant for your life. You, you, you need to know that Jesus loved you enough to lay down his life. And let's be clear, that's exactly what he did. He laid down the manifestation of life. Now, now I know I'm going to some of you are going to say, well, you're just trying to be cute with words. No, I'm being literal with words. Amen. I see it happen every Easter. And I think people mean well. But every Easter will get up and remind. Well, today, you know, we remember that God died for us. God didn't die. If you're God, you can't die. God didn't die. God didn't die. Don't, don't shout me down when I'm telling the truth. God didn't die. But that which was revealed in the first and in the second dimension, that died. That is the flesh of Jesus died. But within Christ was all of God. with that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Colossians says for the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in Christ bodily. So God didn't die. The body of Christ died. 
But the Christ did not die. Jesus the man died. But not God in the man. Because you can't kill God. Jesus said, tear this temple down and I will raise it up in three days. Then he said, just as Jonah was in the belly of a well three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the earth. In other words, what Jesus was saying was, I have got to take, amen, this form of flesh, the only bargaining chip for humanity, and I've got to lay it upon the eternal altar of sacrifice and spill its blood, for redemption only comes through the blood. This is why the messianic prophecy of Jesus Christ thousands of years before he came happened on the barren hillside of Moriah when, when Abraham said God would provide himself a lamb. This is why the Bible said that Jesus Christ is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world because the third dimension is realizing that the God who came in the first dimension and the God who walked in the manifestation in the second dimension is the God who willingly laid down his life. Somewhere between he cried, I'm thirsty, and Father, forgive them, to the point where he cried out, it is finished. The manifestation of that flesh, that dimension, the Bible says, gave up the ghost, the spirit. Oh, hallelujah. They took him off of that cross. They wrapped his broken body in linen grave clothes, and they stuck him in the belly of the earth. Amen. Or as Paul would later write about to say, the womb of the grave. But I'm going to tell you something. He couldn't stay there. I know it's not Easter, but we don't just preach about the death at Easter. I'm talking about the third dimension. Because you can't experience the fourth dimension unless you experience the first, second, and third. There is no shortcut. There is no advancing before your time. You've got to go through them all. You've got to believe them all. You've got to know them all. And now he has laid down the manifestation of the body of Jesus Christ. This is what the Bible says. And the Bible said that Jesus Christ was the firstborn. Somebody say the firstborn. He was the firstborn from the dead. In other words, the womb of the grave, which is what Paul and the prophets likened it unto. For the thousands of years that humanity had been upon this spinning rock called earth, for thousands of years, hundreds of millions had come and hundreds of millions have died. No one escaped the power of death, but Jesus Christ was placed into that barren, wicked womb of the grave. And on the third day, hallelujah, on the third day, on the third day, the Bible said there was an earthquake. That It's no coincidence that there was an earthquake. Amen to all of you precious women that have given birth. You understand that before that baby's born, there's contractions. There's a quaking and a shaking that happens in the womb. And what that womb is doing is it's trying to push out that thing which had been planted in 
into it and that is uh, amen the child uh, and so now the earth begins to tremble if you would the earth begins to have contractions uh, the womb begins to shake you see the barren womb of the grave uh, that had never released anybody the bible said the firstborn among many brethren the firstborn from among the dead was about to come out uh, hallelujah oh I feel the Holy Ghost here right now because we're about to transition from the third to the fourth dimension and it's a whole lot more powerful than I think you realize it is because when the grave began to have contractions God sent an OBGYN angel to step down at the tomb and he rolled the stone from in front of the tomb and all of a sudden the womb of the earth began to tremble until all of a sudden out comes from the grave up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He has conquered death's domain and now he forever reigns. He's alive. He's a Oh, I feel like shouting right now. I don't know about you, but there's a revelation. You gotta get of the third dimension. Amen. And that fourth dimension revelation hooks up with the third dimension revelation. And it catapults you. It propels you into a life of victory. It propels you into a life of freedom. Because when Jesus came up out of the grave, amen, he arose. He didn't just arise as a man who came back from the dead. For Lazarus had come back from the dead. There had been many that had come back from the dead for a brief time, but this was going to be different because once he come out of the grave, once he came out of the womb of the grave, he was never going to go back. He was never going to lay down his life again, and he's alive right now and forevermore. My God, I feel like dancing. I feel like shouting in this house because when Jesus come up out of the grave, he arose and said, all power is given unto me both in heaven In that third dimension, he laid down his life that he might purchase us a ransom from sin. In that third dimension, Sister Elva, he took his blood and he wiped it all over my sins to where the writer said in the epistle that he took his blood and he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances against me to where even God himself can no longer see my sins. Once I go into the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus it causes an all knowing God to forget because even God can't see through the blood that is wiped across the sin of my past and when Jesus got up out of the grave somebody ought to shout about it when Jesus got up out of the grave when he burst through the flanks of the womb of the grave it was unlike anybody else for Lazarus would return to the grave the widow woman's son would return from to the grave but not Jesus once he got up out of the grave, he ain't ever going back. Hallelujah. He arose. Give me, give me that set of keys. He arose. And the Bible said he arose with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. If you got keys, it means one of two things. Either you're the owner or you got permission from the owner. Now, I'm not the owner of the grave, but I got permission. 
I don't know if you're hearing me this Sunday morning. I'm not the owner of the grave. That's Jesus. He descended into the grave for three days and three nights, leading captive souls out of captivity. It's Jesus that has all power. It's Jesus that has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. But he looked at me and said, hey, if you want out, here's a key. If you want to be free, here's a key. And the fourth dimension of Jesus Christ is walking in the power of the resurrection. My God, I feel a breakthrough right now. I'm talking about walking in the power of the resurrection. I thank God that I can be healed. I thank God that I can be set free. I thank God I can be delivered. But honey, I'm so glad that I've got life and I got life more abundantly. I'm glad I live in the victorious resurrection. Woo! My God, if you got the Holy Ghost, you ought to just shout about it right now. I got to preach in two more hours. Amen. So I got to stay calm. But boy, I'm telling you right now, I could do a backflip. Amen. If I tried it, I'd break my neck, but I wish I could, Brother Nate. I wish I was as athletic as you. I'd do a backflip off this pulpit. Amen. Because you may recognize him in the first dimension. And you may recognize him in the second dimension. You may even be acquainted with him in the third dimension. But you can have all three dimensions uh, of the first. But not even know him in the fourth. But the Bible said that Cleophas and his wife were walking to Emmaus, Elder Henderson. And all of a sudden, Jesus walked up beside them. They walked several miles with Jesus. Now, this is, this is hard for me to fathom. Several miles, and you're, you're a student of the word of God. Could you imagine people that had lived with him for three years, didn't even know who he was? When we call them disciples and followers of Christ, that didn't mean they showed, showed up to church on Sunday. They lived with him every day. They camped out wherever he was for three years. And all of a sudden... He starts walking with them, and he says, and he kind of, and I'm paraphrasing here. He said, why are y'all acting like a bunch of babies? You know, it's all so sad. What are you pouting for? I want to walk into every dead, dry, twice plucked up by the roots, drier than last year's corn shucks of a church that nobody smiles, nobody shouts, ain't had anybody dance since the last party they had, ain't that. Nobody set free, amen, ain't had nobody healed, nobody delivered. You go into a church and it's like a funeral. Nobody ever claps, nobody ever lifts their hands, nobody ever gets excited. You see, they're not serving the God of the dimensions that I serve because the God of the dimensions I serve is a God of life. Life. Amen. They always want to put him on a cross. My God ain't on a cross. He got up off of that cross and he got up out of the grave. Now, if your Jesus is dead, you go ahead and mourn him. But since my Jesus is alive, I think I'll hop up in the fourth dimension and I'll celebrate a risen Savior. He's alive. Ha. The Bible says, Spirit of the prophet, subject unto the prophet. And I'm subjecting you right now because if I, I, if I just let go right now, I'd just start talking in tongues and I wouldn't get anything else out in English. Because when you step into the fourth dimension, 
God's got to remove something up off your eyes. And I'm going to tell you, most religious people live in that third dimension. I didn't say they're bad people. I just said most religious people live in that third dimension. Oh, I believe he died for my sins. Good, you believe he resurrected? Oh, yeah. But they don't see him. He's walking with them. They don't even understand. They're like Cleophas and his wife. Walking, all they can do is complain about how bad things. Oh, he died. It's just so tough. I mean, here we are. They, they robbed the grave. For miles they did this. Until Jesus said something out of character. He said, you fools. You fools. You fools. In other words, and I'm just going to translate my vernacular. You big dummy. Jesus was that unkind, but you're stuck in the third dimension. To say he was ticked off would be an understatement. He had just resurrected from the dead, and he's walking with the people that knew him best, and they didn't even know who he was. He said, you fools, was it not written that Christ should suffer and die? so fixated on the third dimension they cannot even understand that a portal had opened to bring them up into the fourth dimension their eyes were withheld they were I want to tell you how to miss Jesus you want to know how to miss Jesus focus on your problems huh I forgot what time I started preaching, y'all, so I'm, I'm almost done. You, you want to know how to miss Jesus working a miracle in your life? Just complain about how tough life is. Just whine and complain about politics all the time. Just whine and complain about your job all the time. Just whine and complain about your spouse and your kids all the time. You know what you'll do? Jesus will be all up beside you walking for miles, and you won't even know who he is because you're so focused on your problem. You're so focused on your situation. You're so focused on the strife in your life. But if you ever want to climb up out of the third dimension, and if you ever want to get up in the fourth dimension, you've got to put your eyes upon Jesus. My God, I feel like shouting right now. Hey man, I believe somebody's going to step into the fourth dimension today. I said, I believe somebody is about to walk into the fourth dimension today. And the Bible said, the Bible said in verse 31, and their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. Let me, let me, let me ask you something. Do you want to miss Jesus? Because here's the problem. When you miss him, Often it's too late. And the next thing they said was this. And I'm almost done. They said this. When they knew it was him, he vanished. Now why didn't Jesus hang out? Because he said, I done done all I can do. The rest is up to them. I opened the portal. If they want in this dimension, they got to do it for themselves. But watch. Sister Sandra, watch my TV. The Bible said when they saw him. Is this all right this morning? Good, it's too late for it to not be. When they saw him, the Bible says, Sergeant, that they, 
They knew it was when they knew it was him, he vanished. And the next words out of their mouth was, did not our hearts. Now, we're talking about heartburn, Brother Moreno. And I've had that before. And that ain't nothing to celebrate. Matter of fact, I had some heartburn coming out of Thailand last week. I drank four cups of coffee on an empty stomach. I forgot to eat. I got to the airport lounge, and I, I said, well, they got omelets. So I said, I'll drink my fourth cup, Brother Henderson. And I, and I was on the phone with my wife. And Vito. I bit into them scrambled eggs. I, it was like oatmeal eggs. It was the runniest. Ugh. It, well, I'm telling you, it was funk on top of nasty. And I spit them out just as quick as they went in, but I got distracted, and I drank that fourth cup, and I got on the plane. And I'm going to tell you something. If you've ever had, like, heartburn, indigestion, GERD, whatever they call that, it feels like you're having a heart attack. And I, we backed away from the plane, and I'm like, oh. I mean, it was, I texted my wife. I said, pray. I said, my, I didn't want to say my chest is hurting. I said, I think I've got really bad heartburn right now. I need you to pray. And I'm going to tell you what, you'll think you're dying. I, I started sweating like I am right now just sitting there. And I turned white, and I looked at the, the flight attendant, and I waved her. like, that. And we're already packed taxi into the runway and I looked at her and I said come here she got me she saw me she said she said sir are you okay I said you got any bread I, I need some bread she goes bread I said yeah, I'm having a really bad heartburn just give me some she brought me two dinner rolls now here's the moral of the story <laughs> I ate two dinner rolls that were terrible tasting but they did their job they absorbed the acid and I went to sleep it was great I can make a spiritual application out of that Jesus is the bread of life you burn it up Jesus is the bread of life. Your heart burning, he'll fix it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but everywhere that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. They said their heart burned within them. And they missed it. But don't you ever follow your heart. That's a dangerous thing. But sometimes you need to observe what the heart and how it's reacting. There's a difference between following your heart and being sensitive to your heart. See, they had mistaken being heartbroken for heart burning. Let me say it again. They had mistaken heart broke burning for heart broken. And they couldn't discern because they kind of feel the same way sometimes. It's painful. Now, if your arm is broken or you just pulled it out of a fire, probably not going to distinguish greatly between them because they both hurt. But when they when all of a sudden the fourth dimension was revealed, they went, oh. Because for miles they had said we're heartbroken. Now they're saying we're heartburning. You see, while I've been preaching this afternoon, while this worship has been going forth today, something was stirring in your heart. Whether you've been in this church, amen, since, since Moses crossed the Red Sea or this was your first time,
You you better you can admit something. I know you probably, you may have thought, man, these folks are a little weird. They run around, they dance, they get excited. Look at that preacher up there. He's sweating, he's screaming, and these people are a little different. But if you will admit, you would say, man, something is just in my heart has just been moving. Amen. I, I, as strange as I think it is, amen. As as different as I think it is, as as I may not be able to quite comprehend everything that it is, I can tell you something is burning on the inside of me. I'm telling you there is a fourth dimension opened up in this place for somebody right now today that if you want to experience the life, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ you can experience it in this house today because God has opened up a portal for you to experience the fourth dimension. Stand with me as I close. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Stand with me. Now, 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 now. Let me close this with a scripture. Because one of the greatest apostles to ever live was the Apostle Paul. Would you agree with that? One of the greatest. Wrote three quarters of the New Testament. And Paul talked about his birth. Paul affirmed it. His life, his death. But Paul had a specific wish. Paul had a specific prayer. Because see, his heart was burning in him. Quite like Cleophas and his wife. And Paul drops in as if it were in the middle of nowhere in the midst of his teaching to the church at Philippi. Paul drops in at about the third chapter and the tenth verse and Paul says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. <laughs> that I might know him in the power of his resurrection that I might know him in that fourth dimension I want the fellowship of his suffering I want to be made conformable unto his death oh come on somebody I feel it moving in this place right now if Paul could say that I'm going to pray that oh that I may know him oh that I may know him and the power of his resurrection you can experience the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ in this place today you say well pastor you got me moved I, I, you know but the only problem is for me to know him and the power of his resurrection, I got to be dead. And that's where you are rightly wrong or wrongly right. Because he's not talking about merely a physical death. Because he said, Ye who were dead and in your sin. Ooh, does he give the power of life? that all you got to do is repent. 
Hallelujah. The Bible says repentance is a type of death. All you got to do is repent of those sins. But the power and the knowledge of the resurrection is the infilling of the Holy Ghost in your life. I don't know what you have need of today. Amen. But I am telling you all four portals have been opened in the dimension of Jesus Christ. Amen. From his birth to the ministry, the healing, the deliverance of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus Christ, and that fourth dimension of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Don't you stay in the second dimension or the first dimension or the third dimension, but why don't you today say, Lord, I want to come up a little higher. That's what Paul said, or John said. I had heard a voice saying to me, come up a little bit higher. Come up a little bit. I feel the voice of God in this place this morning. Say, come on up a little bit higher. You want me to work something out in your life? Come on up a little bit higher. You want healing in your life? Come on up a little bit higher. You want deliverance? Come on up a little bit higher. You want the power of God and the salvation in your life? Come on up a little bit higher. Would you lift your hands all over this place? I'm about to open the altar. I feel I feel such a tremendous spirit of faith in this place. Come on, I feel a tremendous spirit of faith flowing in this house this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, every believer, just lift your voice right now. Hallelujah. Come on, lift that voice with great anticipation. Come on, lift that voice in great faith right now, child of God. In the name of Jesus, our faith, our worship, our prayer right now is opening a door to the four dimensions of Jesus. Come on, somebody needs a healing. Your prayer, your worship is going to open a portal into that healing. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, somebody needs a life and that life more abundantly. Come on, lift that voice, First Church, and begin to pray because your prayer is going to open a dimension into that Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, but you got to reach out to him, God's not going to force his way on to you, Jesus is not going to drag you into it, no, you got to have enough faith to reach up to it right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, you got to have enough faith to reach up to it right now and say, God, I want more, even if you don't know how to pray or what to pray, you ought to just close your eyes and lift your hands and say, God, I want more today, whatever you have for me. Whatever dimension you have for me, God, I want it. I want more. I want more. I want more in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to open these altars right now for anybody that needs a touch of God in your life. Come on, you need healing in your body. You need peace of mind. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Come on, you need something from the Lord. I want you to come down. Amen. Amen. Take somebody by the hand. If you don't want to come by yourself, just take somebody by the hand. Oh, yeah, God can touch it right where you are. But just, just like Cleopas and his wife, he wanted them to turn around and go back to Jerusalem. Come on. He's calling you. He's calling you right now. In the name of Jesus, thank you. That's it. Somebody's going to receive their miracle this morning. Somebody's going to receive their miracle this morning. Somebody's going to receive their healing this morning. Somebody's going to receive that fourth dimension today. In the name of Jesus, yes. 
That's it, reach up. That's it, reach up. If there's somebody near you, just take them by the hand and begin to pray with them. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.